Yes. But before we see the parak on the Chiddush, the Nefesh HaChaim is going to teach us, I want to just explain a point which I think is often misunderstood. And that point is understanding the nature of the reward of Adam Abba. Now why do I say it's often misunderstood? Because people often look at Adam Abba as, Kiiru, you're going to get given reward. It's like you, you wait in line and you get given your parcel of reward or your paycheck, whatever it is. And that's, that's uh, the, the nature of what Hashem gives a person is something like extra as a price. And that's not the way Adam Abba works. It's not the way Adam Abba works. It's not like a person's given something extra. Ba'amas, there's another mistake people make also. People think that Adam Abba means the first idea we talk about again. And that is, people think it means that a person will come back to life and he'll carry on. You know, wherever he left off, he'll carry on from there. And that's not what it means either. Let's explain the point. It's a deep point, let's try and understand it. The Apostle says in Mishle, the Apostle says, The first person has to be Kainei Chachma, he has to acquire Chachma, and then he, he has to, whatever he has, he has to use it to acquire Bina. There's a difference between Chachma and Bina. What's the difference between them? Chachma is what a person knows. The amount of information you have, the amount you've learned, you've learned from other people, you've learned from Svarim. The store of Torah knowledge that I have is called my Chachma. Bina is my level of understanding. How will I understand it and how will it make sense to me and how I put it over. If you wanted to, in different words, you could call it Bikiyas and Your knowledge in Torah is the Chachma. Your understanding of Torah is the Bina. Now, the Torah, the Apostle is telling us that you have to be koine. You have to acquire it. If you're talking about now, doing the prayer of Kinyanim, right? how do you acquire something? Kinyan is normally a trade. I give something and I get something back. I pay you money, I acquire your animal. I give you something, it's khalipin, and I get something back in place. And therefore the question is, if you're telling me to be koine chachma, and to be koine bino, you want me to acquire them. So what am I paying? What's the currency? What am I giving in order to get back chachma or to get back bino? So let's have the second one first. The Vilnagon says that with the way a person acquires bino, the way a person acquires understanding is by selling the chachma. First you have to acquire chachma, and then I sell the chachma to get the bino. How does that work? How do I sell my chachma? So there's a deeper understanding here also, but let's say it more simply first. It's Pashat. Teach. Teach. When I try and give somebody else the Chachma I have, so they're going to get Chachma. You'll learn something you didn't know before. So I'm, I'm giving, I'm selling, so to speak. I'm giving you something, information you didn't know. And what does the person teaching back get back? You understand it much better. When you try to teach something, so it makes a difference to your level of understanding. Right now you have to think, how am I going to say it over? What marshal am I going to use? Which words am I going to use? I'm going to emphasize it. 
And the mice is, by teaching something, what I gain from it is a much deeper understanding of what I taught, what I taught myself. And anybody who's had the experience will know that even information they knew, but Perega they taught it, I never understood it so well before. Because what you get from teaching is a more of understanding of what you're trying to teach. And you can explain why it works like that in, in, a, in the way of a person's mind, why a person's mind works also, but it's not the point right now. The idea is, if a person wants to be koine bino, you want to acquire understanding, the way to do it is to get self-hafum. If I try to teach a topic, I'll know it much better. And that's what you do, that the Badimus used to say, that they would give shirim, and said, even the only person getting from this is me, myself, it's worthwhile. Why? Because by teaching something, you yourself are the biggest beneficiary, because you, you, what you get back from it is a better understanding of what you're teaching. So if a person wants to be koinebina, what do you have to sell to be koinebina? Sell the chafum. You want to understand something better? Teach it. I mean, it'll work, you'll understand it better. Okay. But now, if a person wants to be koinechachma, it's not what's the trade over here. You want to acquire wisdom. You want to acquire knowledge of terror. You want to be a talmud chachma. What do you have to sell for that? And you wouldn't think of it quite sad, but it's a scary thing. And it's a true thing. What a person needs to sell, what a person needs to invest to be koinechachma, you need to invest life. No one becomes a Talmud Chacham in one minute. No one wakes up in the morning after and suddenly knows everything. The process of becoming a Talmud Chacham is how much time you put into learning. The more time I put into learning, the more I'll know. And the Gemara says this, I'm a person who wants to become a Chacham. Spend more time in the Yeshiva. Spend more time learning. The more time I spend, the more of a Talmud Chacham I'll become. There are no shortcuts. There are no shortcuts. We look at our that's partial after a lifetime that they dedicated to Torah. And therefore, what, what do you have to pay, so to speak? What do you have to invest in order to be Koine Chachma? Invest time. It's using up life. But, the other side of it is, you're always using life. You, not, you can't hold on to it. That's the kind of thing you have to invest, you have to be spending constantly. Right? You, can't restore, you can't retain time. However much time a person has, the mass is the whole time he's spending it. So that's the case. The only question is, what are you going to spend it on? Are you going to spend it in a quiet area? Are you going to spend it in a quiet other things? But it's, a, it's something you have to spend. It's the dogma. If a person gave you money, and said, I'm, I'm giving you $10,000, but it's not cash. It's a check which expires tomorrow. So you have to spend it, or it's going to get lost. So you're right, I'm spending a lot of money, but I don't have a choice. So the question is, what am I going to buy with it? A person's time is the same thing. A Gorosh Baruch gives a person time, but you can't hold on to it. You have to spend. You have to use it. And then you have to come in here, what you're going to use it on. And therefore it's true, on the one hand, that it sounds like a big sacrifice. A person spends his life doing the coin Torah. But what would be better? That a person should spend his life doing nothing. Getting nothing back for it. But now, if you understand this, you said, and that is that the the Kenyan of Torah, the Etzim, comes with the currency called life. Now I'll tell you a much deeper point. And that is that life doesn't get lost. The Chius, or the person's life that he puts into Torah, that remains his. 
And then he explains the Gemara in Baba Basra, which he says exactly the same place. The Gemara in the Yubayasim, the from Baba Basra, is telling us the story of Munbaz Amalek. Munbaz was a king, and there was a, one of the years he was king, there was a drought. There was a famine and people were hungry. So Munbaz opens the treasuries. As a king, he has treasuries. And he starts feeding people. He starts giving his money to stock. So his family come to him and they say to him, King Munbaz, you're wasting the family's treasures. Here we've stockpiled however much gold, silver, whatever the king has. And you're squandering it. You're giving it all to stock it. So Munbaz's answer without the arichos of it, but Munbaz's answer basically was, I'm using up treasure here. And I'm amassing a treasure in Shemaim. And what that means is that it's not like it's going to, it's not, it's not getting lost. What a person invests in stocker here is that that's how much he's put away in Shemaim, so to speak. If you think of it like a bank account, if I decide to put a certain money into savings, I haven't lost the money. I've moved it into savings account. When a person gives money to stock, he hasn't lost the money. He's moved it into a savings account. The savings account is called Shemaim. And the same thing when it comes to time. And this is a big Chiddush. Time that a person spends, and spends, because it takes time, to learn Torah, to do mitzvahs, that time gets put in a savings account. It's true that here in his lifetime he used it up, because you have to use time here. Time doesn't stand still. But the time which was invested in Torah, that time gets invested. That time gets, so to speak, put away from him. And now comes the Chiddush. A person's is the amount of time that he's put into savings. Except, in the concept of Tchiyasamesim, time doesn't move. Whatever he has, that remains his forever. So over here, over here, time moves. Time finishes. Whatever amount of time a person invested in Torah, that time is his forever. And therefore, Moshe Shapiro is a friend of Rahul to say, the idea of Tchirsa Mesim is the time that you used in your life is yours forever. It doesn't move. It's always that you have that, that's yours. You've invested in it, then you've been kind of it. Just like we have a separate stocker. So to speak, the money that a person gives to stocker, he's invested. That remains his. Now. Time used for all misses or just even at the Any misses. Now, what does that mean? What does it mean? If time is a constant, then it doesn't move. So what does it mean a person invests time? And that's the time he has. So this is what you said that Shachim is going to teach us here. And that is that the concept we're going to learn of what a person gains from his maizim is how that's going to be repaid in Adam Abba. This is what Nehemiah Shachim says. Very good base. Even though a person has nefesh and neshama, different parts of his spiritual composition, the ma'aser what connects them all, like we saw before, the chiddush and nefesh chaim, that something has to connect all the different levels. We said last time, if you remember, malachim are stuck on the level that they are. They can't connect different levels. Only human being, which his neshama until his body, runs the whole gamut of ma'aser bereshis from the top to the bottom, so therefore when a person does something, he brings all the pieces together. And therefore a person's maizah can connect an action of his body to the to the spiritual level of his nisham. Why is it like that? In order to 
A person needs to work within the framework of a body in this world. And that a person connects the nefesh ruach of the neshama to his actions because Hashem puts them all together within the person. And what does it mean that a person's ma'asim here has to have an effect in shemaim? So he brings the pasuk of David Amelech, Hayotzer Yachad Libam Hamevin Ol Kol Maaseim. Hakadosh Baruch Hu creates people's hearts. Hamevin El Kol Maaseim. He understands to all their ma'asim. And he asks in Hebrew, it's the wrong language to use. When the three pshutah are right, Lomar Hamevin Es Kol Maaseim, or Hamevin Kol Maaseim. You understand Hashem understands what people do. You would say Hashem is Mevin. He understands. Or Kol L is two. So Rasmi Hashem understands two all the Ma'asim. Not the Ma'asim that they did. That Hashem does not understand. You can see. But what it means is what happens as a result of the Ma'asim. How much a person's Ma'asim have an effect? And therefore, what's going to happen as a result of a person's mindset? So it's one thing to see what a person did. There's another, person, there's another point to understand and what's going to happen as a result. What's going to be the implication of the mindset? And therefore, since HaKadosh Baruch Hu creates the person with a connection point, spiritual, physical worlds are all connected, the person does the mindset here, maybe he doesn't realize what are the ripple effects it's going to have everywhere else. Hashem does. Hashem can see exactly what's going to happen on every level because of a person's mindset. We mentioned this once before, but it's a point to think about. It's a point to think about, because it's actually something which can wake a person up a little bit. And that is, a person thinks, no one knows what I do. No one knows what I think. But no one can see me. Right? And he says, the Chiddush of knows a person's thoughts. I want to tell you something about it. It's not such a Chiddush. It's not such a Chiddush. And it's not only Hashem that knows. The whole Olam Elia knows. What a person's doing, what a person's thinking. It's not just Hashem. Why? Hashem knows more. Hashem knows the reasons, and Hashem knows the, all the, all the, the, the points straight into it. But what a person does is clear in the Why? So I'm going back to the martial I always give. Imagine I'm sitting over here with a, with a keyboard. I'm thinking, I'm tapping pieces. You, 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 you know which key I'm tapping? You know what I'm doing with the keyboard? You, you can't see. I'm doing it under the table, no one can see. But if I didn't realize it, this is a big screen. And everything I put on the keyboard comes up on the screen. So everyone knows what I'm doing. As soon as I do it, you can see it on the screen. I just don't know about that, because I'm not aware that this is a screen. But if that's the way it is, I can think I'm typing something private, no one knows what I'm typing, but the mice is not private at all, because it's a screen. And you can all see what I'm typing, because whatever I touch immediately comes up on the screen. The way a person's mice work is exactly the same thing. A mice you do here is tapping a key. The effect in Shemaim, it's broadcast. It's clear to see. It's not a secret. And that's why the Gemara says that a person comes to Shemaim, it could be a very embarrassing experience. Because it's not like he thinks no one knows what I've been doing. It's not, everyone knows what you've been doing because it's clear to see what you've done. A person's mice have an effect. And therefore, based on the effect, you can see what the person did. Okay, so that's one point. And therefore, I may have been a call my Hashem knows what happens. You did this, you can see straight away what happens. 
we always talk about why I like the guidance of a certain god that you can see in a person's face they've done something wrong, whatever it is. In this world, it's like a guidance, because in this world, it's pretty hidden. But in Shemaim, it's clear. It's clear. There's no, there's nothing to hide. It, it's, it's completely obvious, because, like I said, then you see the screen, you see the result. Every mice a person does a shem will judge him, even if he thinks it's hidden. Right? If a person thinks no one can see what I'm doing, it doesn't work because the, 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 the action you're doing and there's a result of the action which, which is obvious, which is clear. So now he explains. When a person stands in judgment in front of Hashem, everything which happens as a result of that. Right. So that everything which uh, uh, a person's messy here can have an effect in much bigger levels. And therefore, we said before, when a person wants to do a mitzvah, just the fact that I want to do a mitzvah, that I'm choosing to do a mitzvah, that has an, that has an effect in Shemayim. That makes a certain spiritual effect already in the world, in Shemayim. It connects to the person, that, that spiritual aura that he's created by wanting to do a mitzvah, like we saw before, it helps the person finish the mitzvah. And that's his. He's created that. This is what we want to get to. This is the concept of the reward of Elam Abba. That's what, the, what a person's done for himself. When a person's nefesh, or is the shama, leaves his body, where does it go? Where does the person's nefesh is the Shama go to? It goes back to the, the place he created for himself. Like we said before, every mice a person does creates a matthias. It creates something in roughness. Here in this world you don't see it because here we just have the keyboard. Here you just see the mice, you don't see the result of mice. When a person goes there, so now he's living with the reality he created for himself. So if he was a tzaddik, and every mindset that created a, a certain schos, a certain positive spiritual benefit, that's his creator, that's his. That's his, he's made it for himself. All kaisha have a chalik to oilam abba. And what's the right Hebrew? Call you Shalashim Chalik, Ba'ilam Abba. Or you shall have a Chalik in Ailam Abba. So it should say. And again it says two. Call you Shalashim Chalik, La Ailam Abba. Call you Shalashim Chalik, Two Ailam Abba. What does it mean? If you want to say, Call you Shalashim Chalik, In Ailam Abba, it means Ailam Abba is already there. Just you have a place waiting for you in Ailam Abba. It's there before you, and then you have a place waiting for it. But I'm you make an Olam for yourself. It's not there before you. It's for what you're going to make for yourself. A person's Maisim, he's making an Olam for himself. 
and therefore how do you explain what it means? Call Yisrael Yeshlim Chayrek Lo Elam Abba. The Chavit Chaim explains with the Marshal. The Chavit Chaim's Marshal is let's let's say there's a big area of land, and we're going to split it up. Everyone can take a piece of property. He can do what he wants with it. Okay, so everyone's given their let's see, we'll kind of break up and have a mini lot. You give them your lot. That's yours. Right now. It's just sand. Right? But the matter of it is that it's yours to do what you want with it. You can build, you can develop it, you can do it, you can make it into a garden, you can make it into a home, you can whatever you do. It's yours. The Khalik Lawilamaba, says the Khabit Khaim means that every Jew has a place waiting for him, Lawilamaba, but you have to develop it. You have to make it into something. And therefore it's it's not there yet. It's there for what you do with it. That's what you're going to develop. That's what you're going to make out of it. Let me give you another example where you see this concept of Le means to something. You know, Klai Yisrael have two titles in the Torah. The one is you called Yisrael, and the one is you called Yishur. And the Vashim explained that they both are Rashi Tevis. Yisrael is Rashi Tevis. It's the first letters of the phrase Yesh, Shishim, Reboi. OCS the Torah. There's 60, 10,000, which means 600,000 letters in the Torah. Right? Israel. And Yeshurun is the Rashi Tevis. Yesh, Shishim, Ribu, and Nishamas. There's 60, 10,000, 600,000 Nishamas. And that I want to explain that each Jewish Nisham has its Chalik in Torah. Each Jewish Nisham has its Chalik in Torah. There's 600,000 Nishamas, there's 600,000 letters in the Torah. And therefore, each letter in the Torah connects to one Jewish Nisham. The Maya said there are a lot more than 600,000 Jews. That's one good question. And the other question, which is maybe the more troubling question, is there are a lot less than 600,000 letters in the Torah. Right, so you can count them. There are 320,000 something that doesn't Torah. So what's Pshat? So I heard a Pshat on this one. And that is, again, if you want to say in Hebrew, there are 600,000 letters in the Torah, how do you say it? In Hebrew, Yesh, Shishim, Yibo, Asius, Batter. Right? The 600,000 is in the Torah. The other side says, Latter. The Lamut. The 600,000 is to the Torah. What does it mean? It's a Midrash. And the Midrash says that just like when Abraham Avinu, Yitzchak, Yaakov, Moshe, Aaron, whoever it was, did something. Which the Torah saw was not worthy, what people could learn from. So Hashem told Moshe to write it in the Torah. Hashem told Moshe to write it in the Torah. It says same thing. Every tariq who does a master which people can learn from. Every time a tariq who does a master which people can learn from, it's written in the Torah. Mi and who's writing it? So the the major says mentioned three places. The major says Eliyahu they're writing the maximum a person does. Where does, where do these, I said it's mentioned three places, where these midrash, I'll tell you. The first midrash is the story of Reuven. When the brothers wanted to kill Yosef, Reuven says, let's throw him into the pit. What was Reuven's motivation? Let's kill him or let's save his life? The answer is, Reuven meant save his life. Did the brothers know that? No. Right? So how do we know Reuven meant save his life? Because the terrorist says it. The Torah says, the man hitzel osim yodom. So Reuben did a maisa, and the Torah tells us what the maisa was. The second example. 
Aaron goes out to meet Moshe by Mitzrayim. How did Aaron feel that his younger brother had just been taken over him and become the leader? How did Aaron feel? How do we know? The Torah tells us. We couldn't see that. But it says, He's happy in his heart. So, the, so yes, Aaron did something positive. Right? He has a certain level of midas that he's happy for his younger brother. And who tells us about it? We couldn't have seen that. It was Beliboy. The Torah tells us. The Samach Beliboy. Same idea. Right. And the last case is he's talking about Boyas. And when he when Rus came down to Granary at night. No one was there. What happens? So it says the Boyas gave left until the morning gave her food to take home. That's all. Didn't touch him. How do we know? There's all there. The Apostle tells us. So it says the mission in all three places. When a person does a Maitse Mitzvah, at the time people don't realize. People who saw the Maitse or would know about the Maitse wouldn't know what was going on. So how do we know there's a Mitzvah? Because the Torah tells it to us. Same thing. Every Tzadik who does a Mitzvah, it's written. It's written. And also, Lord, we will have that Torah also. The Torah of all the mitzvahs of the mitzvahs that was done through history, which there was no one to show us at the time. This was a mitzvah. Look what this person did. But it's being written. And the Asid Lord will be clear. That's the Pshat. The Torah which we're going to get given is made up of the amazing Torah of the 600,000 Nishamas of Israel. The Torah which you're going to have here in the future is made up of the, is the story of the mitzvahs that people did, which wasn't, no one knew about. But it's written. Hashem doesn't not see it. And that's what we said before. A person can think, I'm doing mitzvah, nobody knows. Even a person can think, I'm doing a mitzvah, nobody knows. That's right now, no one knows. If it's a mitzvah, it's being written. And it will be publicized. It's written in the Torah of the Lord of Just like no one knew that he, what Reuben was thinking, no one knew what Aaron was thinking, Hashem knew. He wrote it in the Torah. That's the same you said over here. And that's why it's La Torah. It's for the future. Would you ask, there are more than 600,000 Yidin? Says the Zayah, there are 600,000 Nishamas. There's sometimes not one person that can finish that Nishamas job. So it's subdivided into lots of people who are all working to do one job. But really that Nishamas has one job. It's just a lot of people are working together to achieve it. Okay, so these so just like this principle works here, it works. I don't know about the same thing. We say, what's the reward? It's not about uh, that a person gets given reward, like we said at the beginning of the shift, what he did. And because he did, you're such a, a good learner, or a good daven, or a good alches, or whatever else you did well, here we're giving you a reward. No one has to give you anything. It's there for you. If you've given it, you've prepared it for yourself. And I want to show you this. It's an amazing thing. It's a Mishnah. There's a stereo between two Mishnah and the The one Mishnah says that you should not... The Torah is very big. You don't have to finish the whole Torah. It's too big. But you can't stop. You have to try. And the Mishnah says that the one employed you is reliable, he'll pay you reward for your efforts. There's a mission before that. It says, 
If you learn a lot of Torah, they give you a lot of reward. Who's the they? Who's giving reward? The second was talking about Hashem. Then the Baal Melachtocha, the one who employed you, is reliable to pay you a reward. In the first Mishnah, in the Marat Torah Harbe, they give you lots of reward. What does it mean? The answer is, it's not a stir. If a person actually learned a lot of Torah, so no one has to decide that he gets reward. The reward is waiting for him, it's there. And therefore it can be nice to him. When he gets to Shemai, the base of Shemai, gives him that reward. It's, it's available for him. He's earned it, it's waiting there. Masha'enken, if a person tried hard, he wasn't Matliach, but he tried. That's another point. He'll give you reward for effort. If I achieved, so it's waiting for me. I, I, I deserve it. It's there for me. But let's say I didn't achieve. So that's another point. I don't maybe get for achieving, but HaKadosh Baruch is fair. And he gives the person reward for effort also. That's the second point. That's the second point. That's extra. I should to give. As soon as you tried hard, he gives you reward for effort. But for the person who achieved, who did something, the reward is waiting for him. It's nice to him. He just has to come. They're waiting to give it to him. The Malachim are going to give it to him straight away. It's his. There's a name written on it. Not because it's something you're given, like I said before. It's because Be'etzim, it's you. And this is the depth of it. It's Be'etzim, you. Well, every, everything that a person does, right, is, is that, that whatever he's affecting in Ruchnius, he's Be'etzim building himself. He has this level now. He has this level now. He's achieved this. He's achieved this. It's part of him. It's part of him. And even though here in this world you can't see it, because where it connects to him is in the spiritual. But Lemaitz Bereg, his Neshama leaves his body, that's what, that's what it has. That's what it has. The Pasuk says that when a person leaves this world, the Gemara says, by design of hay. So all the myths he did surround him, they go, they go, they go like, big, oh, like a big light, they go with him to Shemayim. All the tith, all the talk he did, all the myths he did, goes in front of you. It's, it's waiting for you. It's there. I'm partially storing it, but when it's Bereg, a person's out of his body, and then he's, a, he's on that level, it all joins him. Not just to give him anything. He's built it all for himself. This is, this, is a, this is the point we have to get to. We'll see by today's from Thursday, but the main point you saw over here, tremendous yesod. And that is, we said at the beginning, that the person's ability is to create. The Emma says, you create, you create your item of it's not that you did reward and you're getting, you did good, you're getting rewarded. You're creating it yourself. And what you create, that's what's there for you. You've created it. You've made it for yourself. And I'll finish with one last thing. In a certain sense, a person's creation is different to the way it's the world Hashem created. Because Hashem created this world to be temporary. Like we said, it's given, it's for time, and time goes, and, the person, and it's up. The reward a person creates for himself is something which isn't, which isn't time-bound. What you create for yourself is yours forever. It's not based on time. It's last. It's, it's always yours. It's always yours. And that's the case. It's a. It's a bria. It's a creation of something which is eternal. How do you do that? I'm going to finish one line. That's what we call eternalizing time. The fact that a person uses time that he has here, which is something which is, is given, but it's, it's going. He has to use it, and he 
converts it into a currency of something which is forever. Torah, mitzvah, tefillah, whatever it's going to be. So that time becomes his forever. He's taking something which was given to him to spend and he's acquired with it something which is his forever. And that's, that's what it means, that a person lives, but he lives with time which he last time was moving time. Now it's his time. It's something which he's been kind now. And therefore it remains his for always. That's what we want to talk about today. That's the first.